Hello, welcome to the latest Safer West Mercia podcast. My name is John Campion and I'm the uh, West Mercia Police and Crime Commissioner. I'm joined today by guests who I'll get to introduce themselves. Good morning, uh, my name is Tony Garner. I'm a DCI on the Specialist Operations Team. Excellent, so that's with West Mercia Police? Uh, that's right, yeah. And um, DCI, uh, just for those that might not know the, uh, the acronym? So that's Detective Chief Inspector. Excellent. Yeah. So in your current role, which is what we're going to talk about in today's podcast, you, you certainly uh, fulfil all those criteria, I think, in terms of quite an, uh, a, a, I was going to say specialist, but it's not uh, in terms of it, it, it isn't a, a small issue in our society, what we're mm-hmm. going to talk about. It's quite a big thing, but it's quite a specialist skill set that I think you, uh, that you lead for West Mercia, West Mercia Police. And do you want to just say a little bit more about what it is uh, your role uh, currently involves? Yeah, so uh, the current role... Um, I've got responsibility for West Mercia's uh, cyber team, uh, economic crime, um, which looks at fraud and financial investigation. Um, I've got the forces online child sexual exploitation teams um, and uh, some of the digital investigation responsibility for the force. So, um, yeah, it's quite a sort of broad and varied role. Because that non-traditional um, role of the police in terms of uh, the, the more traditional Pelian uh, heritage of the police is a physical harm to somebody else, isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, I am harming you uh, here. But that, that that digital element of how technology actually not only is the great um, uh, you know supporter of information and and, and our freedoms, mm-hmm. but it's also an area that can cause us harm as well. And uh, uh, for us in policing, it's uh, definitely a catch up, isn't it, in terms of the pace of technology and us being able to keep uh, keep pace with keeping people safe. Or helping keep people safe in that space. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, um, the this difference between the physical world and the online world um, is a bit of a misconception. Um, I think the vast majority of the work that, that my teams do relates to physical harm uh, that is enabled by technology and the internet. So um, I think it's really important to remember um, but behind all of it, normally it results in physical harm uh, and sometimes some, some quite, uh, well, some very significant um, harm to people. Because of that uh, contention of somebody's somebody's viewing something on their digital device mm-hmm. and they're disconnecting the fact actually there is a victim, um, you know, potentially behind either what they're seeing or, or, or involved in. That uh, just because they're not physically in that location doesn't mean to say that the that the harm isn't isn't happening. And uh, you know, I think that's important that um, uh, some of the perpetrators are involved in some of this work. It, that there, it's not a victimless activity. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a there is a victim at the centre of it. Yeah, I, I mean that, that anonymity that the internet um, creates uh, it is a big challenge investigatively and as you say it disinhibits people so people think um, that they can get away with things that they wouldn't do in the physical world mm. um, and, and ultimately that's not the case I think the public um, often think that the internet is, is a sort of completely um, uh, anonymous uh, area where the police don't have any um, idea what's going on and that's not the case as maybe we'll discuss with, with some of the other areas of my business and we're very proactively into those spaces. Um, well, one of the areas that the force uh, quite rightly has had focus on is around child sexual exploitation and uh, your area about the online element to that. Um, do you do you think that the that there's an issue that is growing in our society, or does it feel like we're just more or more aware of it? Do you think there is a a sea change in the in in, in the prevalence of it? So uh, there is a sea change in the volume of it coming through to us to investigate. Uh, that's a fact. Um, 
but the cause of that, uh, I don't know, and I don't think the academics know either. Um, it's a really important question. It could be that as a, as a um, law enforcement community, private industry, we're getting better at detecting it and reporting it and taking it more seriously. Um, or it could be that it's the, the internet itself is fueling and increasing this problem. Um, the one area where I do have some quite strong sort of views on is young people. I do think it's actually fueling um, criminality right. and some of this harm with, with young people uh, and their exposure to um, some, some sort of extreme content in their younger years. Because that's some of the things that um, I, as commissioner, uh, try to do with partners and others is around that preventative work early on with young people about um, healthy relationships, um, you know, understanding um, as they start to in, explore their sexuality, actually what they should be expecting of their partners as they as they enter adulthood uh, uh, and, and they're actually around some of the imagery or the extreme nature of some of the content that they might be able to quite easily access isn't the reality to which they uh, they should be uh, they should be enjoying and, and that positivity that positive um, expectation of a relationship quite key key to some of it but that wider um, uh, access with, that, that society's got now to absolute extremes of uh, some of the things we're talking about today is quite scary I think and I can't imagine being a parent trying to navigate uh, you know a young person who would start to get access to the internet in their teenage years uh, at this level it must be incredibly difficult then and then you guys as the police having to intervene when it has has gone wrong and mm -hmm. investigate and support the victims but also bring the perpetrators to justice an incredibly complex societal problem manifesting itself uh, at your door yeah I mean and that's one of the reasons why I was really keen to sort of do this podcast, I feel a burning need to um, speak to parents, teachers, social workers. And, and we've done some work around that um, already, but we've got a lot more to do. Um, because ultimately, um, parents, I don't think, know um, how to tackle this, which is fair right. enough. They've not been through it themselves. Um, and they also might not know the technology, understand the technology. Yeah, I, I, I think... Um, I think the technology is less the problem. They think people think it is, it, but mm. it, what we need is good old fashioned common sense and parenting. Um, parents have the confidence to have conversations with their children because at the moment, um, it's been described by some as, as you know, a, a very scary experiment that society is going through. We've got our first generation of young people start to reach, reach adulthood yeah. who have had an unfettered, you know, complete access to, um, extreme material. Um, so their sexual development, their sexual experimentation, everyone goes through. They've gone through it in some pretty horrific, horrible online spaces. Uh, and it's not just that the nature of the content they're seeing, it's the nature of the delivery. So you've got the algorithms are designed to make it more and more and more compelling and hook them in. Mm. So um, some quite harmful activity, I think. Um, what would you... So, uh, and, and that's that's a really interesting part around the uh, equipping parents with the wherewithal to to, to or, or carers to 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 support their young person in the right way. That's a real. If, if there was a parent listening today who you know might have a child that's entering into their early teens, where where this is happening, what would be your central part of the, your advice to them? Yeah, my central part would be to, to to not see the online world as different from the offline world. So whatever you're doing in the physical world with your child, talking about who they're meeting, you know, checking where they're going, um, you know, depending on their age, obviously, the, these things sort of, you know, tighten or relax, um, but try and apply the same thing online. So, you know, you would, you would never let a primary school age child go and spend a day mixing with, with complete strangers on the other side of the world. 
um, yet a lot of parents are allowing their children because they just don't feel confident enough um, to, to, to get proactive and get involved. So that would be fun, that's the fundamental bit of advice. Don't see it just as tech that they're not in touch and don't understand. Um, it's too important and too central to children's lives now. They've got to get involved in it. Because it's the attitude to approaching it rather than knowing what they're doing every moment. If they've got the confidence, actually, their behaviours are right, then actually, you know, they don't need yeah. that. Yeah, and, and it must be, uh, it, uh, like all, all things uh, growing up, there's always some experimenting, some uh, exploring uh, boundaries, isn't there? But it's how that's done done safely, and, it, and it's no different whether it's physically or, or, uh, or online, is it? Yeah. In terms of detecting it, in terms of the... Um, uh, Going after the people who are exploiting, the, the mm-hmm. perpetrating. What what do you think is uh, the the thing that we as a society, you know, need to, need to do? Is is it more resources? Is it tech? What what is it in terms of the thing that we we need to do to be more successful? I, I, we've heard a bit about the the role that the parents and carers might have and the young people. But what actually else do you think there is around uh, getting those offenders? Yeah, I, I think um, first of all we need to do what we're doing now. So we need to explain what's going on because people don't understand. And then fundamentally, it's down to the public to decide how important they think that activity is. Um, you know, we, we, we've got lots of competing priorities that we hear about, um, you know, often in the news around, say, burglary, drug dealing, antisocial behaviour. You don't often hear around um, online child sexual exploitation. The reality is that those people who are um, committing offences online, it, it can be a journey. So they can start off by viewing indecent images of, of children, so sexualized images of children. They can then start chatting to them in chat rooms and they can then move on to physically meeting them uh, and committing physical um, child sexual abuse. And the objective of, 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 of our teams, of the police, is to intervene before we get to that physical harm. So if you remember right at the back the beginning, it's all about the physical harm. We're trying to intervene. And the way I look at it is um, you know, society, for as long as, as long as we go back and we've got sort of documented history, there's always been adults who've had sexual interest in children. It just seems to be part of humanity that we have this problem. But for the first time ever as a society, we now have intelligence about who those people are. So really accurate, timely intelligence comes into us as a police force from our partners in the National Crime Agency, um, GCHQ, private industry, telling us who the individuals who live in West Mercia are who have a sexual interest in children. So for the first time, we get that opportunity to go in there, safeguard the children, mark them up effectively as, as posing a potential risk so on the sex offenders register. And we're breaking that cycle of child abuse, which if you think about how we've done our policing previously, we've really had to wait until the child sexual abuse has started and it's reported to us, and then we then go and intervene. You know, we don't get our our sort of um, our informants in the pub telling us that Grandpa Joe's starting to have a sexual interest in his child, but we yeah. do online. Um, so I believe very passionately that it's a new opportunity as a society to tackle uh, what is what is probably the most abhorrent, worst crime, um, you know, sexual violence against children. But if we can put more resources into it, we'd have to do something less, you know. Um, because um, you chair in West Mercia the uh, the West Mercia Cybercrime Cyber Crime Partnership, is that correct? That's correct. And um, it, it it is a uh, uh, this organisation's 
encompassing approach to trying to deal with harm online and it, and it is obviously focused on things like uh, child sexual exploitation but it's much wider than that isn't it in terms of the the mission of the of the areas of crime because it's it's often as well that it's unlike there's just one crime type in an, in, in in a certain series of offending there'll be others as well isn't there yeah. so what other other areas do they do they also focus on or do you, your, well, your teams focus on so the partnership started off with um bringing together private industry some of our partners, um, local councils, police, to look specifically at cybercrime, uh, looking really more around the harm to business of things like uh, ransomware attacks, uh, DDoS. Um, some DDoS is d- denial of service. Yeah. It's, it's when somebody literally can attack an organisation by paralysing them uh, and, and stopping them being able to, able to function. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, but... It's clear, as you sort of said in that question, that you can't really put these things in in sort of separate pots. So we're in the process of broadening that out to include um, any harm that is enabled by technology. It's really quite broad. So we're looking at fraud. We're looking at scams, cybercrime, child exploitation. And the the vision is is to have... um, conferences where we try and get um, several hundred people uh, online and in person um, involved and where we um, share some of our um, observations uh, and, and and look to do some some better partnership work so we'd like to get um, teachers nurses youth the whole workers. system as it were the whole system needs to yeah. come together on it um, some of some of your work that you alluded to around economic crime mm-hmm. and uh, economic crime is sometimes seen as not victimless because there is a victim, but it, it's not that terrible, is it, that somebody loses some money? But we've had some quite horrific cases in West Mercy of people being defrauded, um, you know, through cybercrime, uh, to which they've lost their life savings. You know, they, they, there's all kinds of terrible um, outcomes, aren't there, from uh, online uh, economic crime? And that's again an area that you your team focuses on in terms of not only raising awareness but also chasing down those that are perpetrating. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, historically, I would say economic crime has had less resources for the reasons you say, mm-hmm. you know, police decision makers, they'll look and, and they'll see some risk of physical harm. So maybe there's a risk that somebody's going to get stabbed and linked to drug dealing or there's a, ri- a risk around a sex offender and the resources go there, which is understandable. Um, however, um, technology has sort of supercharged um, fraud and scams and it's... It's becoming when it when it's looked at as a whole, it's becoming a, a real significant problem. Um, and they're and they're they're quite sophisticated as well, aren't they? In terms of, um, you know, I had a text message from supposedly from a parcel company saying, "Oh, we've attempted to deliver your parcel today. Uh, we haven't been able to um, click this link to rebook." And and I nearly clicked the link. And I thought, "Oh, actually, I haven't. I haven't got a. I'm not expecting a parcel, but it looked really, really genuine." Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, you know. There's some very bright entrepreneurial uh, people committing yeah. these offences um, with some very good understanding of psychology and social engineering. Um, it, you know, it's, it's fairly impressive what some of them are doing. But, you know, just going back to the, you know, why should we be bothered about it? Um, over half of all crime now in the UK um, is um, fraud and cyber. Um, so oh. that's, that's a jaw-dropping um, figure when we think about it. Um, and yet, on the other hand, uh, only 1% um, of police resources nationally, it's a very broad estimate, is invested in tacking it for the reasons you've yeah. outlined at the beginning. So there's a massive um, mismatch there. 
and the impact of it. You talked about the individual um, suffering of people losing their life savings. There are some horrific stories there where people have worked their whole life and they've lost their pension pots. They've lost their houses. Um, it's led to people taking their own lives. The other angle to look at is it's funding organised crime. As in it's, that fraud isn't just their only criminal activity. There are, there are many others. That that's right. So the organised crime gangs are moving into organised crime. Terrorism is largely funded by fraud. And it's, a, it's been described as a, as a, a tax on all of us mm. and a drag on the UK economy um, to, to the point where the government have, have escalated as a threat alongside terrorism. It's a tier one security threat to the UK now. Um, with one, one estimate I, I read recently, it was 190 billion a year. Wow. That it actually hits the UK as, a, as an economy, as a country. So, you know, if it's 53% of all crime, then we risk a, a lawless society unless we really start getting stuck into it. Uh, and, and that's starting to happen. So the pursue bit, the, yep. the chasing down, absolutely, I get. Um, a big part of reducing the incidents is about prevention as well, isn't it? And, and I happened to be listening to commercial radio uh, yesterday and uh, they, um, there was a, an advert uh, around a warning about pension scams that you just referred to, mm-hmm. i.e., you know, be wary of if somebody uh, is offering you that, 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 that pension service and, and there was a website to check as to whether they're a bona fide um, service or not. Prevention's got to be at the heart of how we, how we tackle this as well, not just the, uh, pursuing and, and some of the work of your teams is, is in that space. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, traditionally policing, we, we, we like to go after offenders yeah. and, and investigate. But with fraud, um, we know it's estimated a, th- a third of it is coming from abroad. Uh, and some of that threat from abroad, uh, those countries won't speak to us um, because of political issues. Um, but even, even the threat that's coming from within the UK, you know, it's often hidden behind anonymity sometimes. Um, so you're absolutely right. You know, the key to this is protecting. And in fact, it's, it's, it's almost tantalizing because if, if, if the people just took maybe 10, 15 minutes of time to protect themselves, a lot of this harm, um, could be prevented. Um, so we could see a real significant drop in crime as a community if, um, yeah, if, if, if we're a little bit more... Because um, we're hurtling towards uh, something, a new phenomenon, or rel- relative new phenomenon of Black Friday, aren't they? Where we have yeah. these huge, great big sales and uh, a big part of them are, are online. And um, uh, there is a there is a um, an instinct in all of us to like a bargain, isn't there? But that, that curiosity about, actually, is that a real bargain? Is that, is that bargain too good to be true? Yeah. Uh, has got to be part of our challenge to us to be... Um, uh, safe, uh, uh, you know, consumers to ensuring that we also are taking the right, the right steps to to prevent our, to prevent you know ourselves being victim, victim of fraud. Um, here here in West Mercia, we work uh, with with lots of different partners, etc. If those listening um, uh, to the podcast wanted some more information about how to keep themselves safe online, etc., etc., where where uh, where would you suggest they went to went to go and find it? I think simply um, go to West Mercia's website. Yeah, and website, if you just put yeah. into the search box fraud or cyber, um, you'll get lots of information there. Um, there's a lot to help out there. Fundamentally, though, it, you know, the, we just need people to be a lot more suspicious, unfortunately. Uh, so everything get touched. Yeah, you don't trust anything digital or online. Um, if that's your start point, um, you know, that's a good start point. There's lots of technical advice, you know, that you can get online. But fundamentally, you know, every click, just think what you're doing and never be rushed 
because there's, there's, there's no legitimate organisation out there, no bank, no police force that's going to rush you. So as soon as you feel rushed, it's a big warning sign. And that's their main tactic is to rush you. So there's a campaign called Take Five. So the primary bit of advice is if, if you're feeling a bit, you know, rely on your gut. And if something's not quite right, just take five. Literally, step away from the computer, go make a cup of tea, maybe use somebody to call, and then reassess it. Uh, and that would make a big difference. That's quite a, uh, a very simple bit of advice, but quite a powerful piece in terms of actually just, uh, if it doesn't quite feel right, just have a, have mm-hmm. a step back and, uh, and, and have a reflect. And, um, and that part of whether it be actually uh, a police officer who um, uh, will always welcome having their identity checked, the same with any bona fide organisation, would they? So uh, if somebody's um, uh, not willing or, or doesn't seem to be willing to, um, to prove what it is they're either saying or asserting who they are, then that's, uh, those, are the, uh, those are when the antennae should go yeah. up, isn't it, to, to, yeah. to say actually what is, what is wrong here? Yeah, so I, I never engage with somebody who contacts me mm-hmm. uh, if it's something you know personal like the, the banking deeds. I'd always contact them on my own terms because then yes. I know who I'm speaking to. And that's the only way, isn't it, to take control? It's, it's, like it's the only way. They're, they're so clever now. They can sort of fake the uh, the web address. They can fake the telephone number that text messages come from. Yeah. Um, so, which is all quite extraordinary, isn't it? Because we're we, we're we're quite trusting, I think, as uh, as humans. But you know, that dialing up that bit of scepticism actually could be uh, one of the biggest steps we can take to to keep ourselves safe. It is, and it's a mindset shift because in the physical world, you know, our intuition is really quite uh, can be quite effective at whether to trust somebody or not. Um, but online, it doesn't work because you can't look in someone's eyes. You can't read their body language. I was going to say, you can't sense, you know, you, whether no, or not. No, absolutely uh, not. So basically, my, my advice, don't trust anyone online. <laughs> Did, um, one of the questions we often ask those that take part in the podcast, if, if you were PCC for a day, um, was, was there something you, you would do? Obviously, uh, uh, limited what you can do in a day, but what would be the, what would be the, the focus that you, well, you'd want to take? Yeah, I was warned someone was coming. It's, it's a, it's, it feels a tricky question um, because the reality is I've, I've been doing this job long enough to know until you get into somebody's shoes, you've got to be careful of, uh, of sort of making sweeping decisions. Um, but I think, you know, if I was PTC, you know, I, I reflected and I think probably the most important challenge I, I see at the moment is how can we as a police force get back to doing the core role of policing, which I think is what the public wants and it's yep. what police want to do. And, and I, I read a, a, um, a really interesting article yesterday that estimated that 84% of the calls into the police, uh, this is nationally, not just West Mercia, are non-crime related. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I haven't got any answers to that question, <laughs> but f- for me, that's the fundamental problem we, we face at the moment. I feel that we've gone into areas that really probably belong to some of our partners, and as a result, we're struggling to do some of the, some of the basic things. And this is a national challenge not not just a so your one area that you do in the day that you yeah. uh, got the <laughs> race was probably the biggest challenge that faces yeah. uh, modern yeah. modern policing yeah because I, I do think it is an important part of what we've got to do with with our community and the police service is ensure that 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 contract that relationship between is honest and understood because i absolutely agree with you the uh, the police uh, do have a a safety net role but it can't be Everything can't be in the safety net, can it? Because right. it, it's not a true safety net otherwise. Right. That's, uh, that's really interesting because w- uh, some of the bits that we've talked about today are important and, and, and 
the most impactive of crime and harm being caused, but it's not always in the public priority, is it? So how we balance to ensure that we've got enough resources to deal to deal with that, I think really, really important and ensuring the system, the, the wider system of keeping people safe, whether it be health service and non-crime related um, partners, you know, I think really, really important because otherwise the, the, there's, no, there's no other agency, is there, dealing with your particular kind of work in terms of um, that, that local pursuit of uh, and uh, you know, safeguarding of individuals online. That's right. There's a certain work that only the police can do. Yeah. And for me, that should be our focus. Um, yeah. It's a, you pick, it's a, a, it's you a, pick a big one, Tony, if yeah, I'm yeah, being honest. Yeah, yeah. Or a, but a I, mean, I, I think one of the key things is, is things like this. Um, I, I realise more and more as I get more experience that there is a disconnect, inevitably, I suppose, between yeah. what we're seeing day to day in policing and what the public understand and as you I say, bet they wouldn't say 50% of crime being being fraud no you know and if you say right online child sex exploitation or burglary dwelling what's more important yeah. they would probably choose burglary dwelling because they might not understand that actually online child sex online child sex exploitation is going to that work is going to prevent children um, being physically abused um, so it's it, how we support our community, isn't it, to, to be good citizens and, and informed citizens That's about, right. their, it's a key, key about their priority. I'm really grateful for you talking today uh, around some of the area of work that you do for our communities uh, across West Mercy. And you and your team do uh, you know, a really challenging a challenging uh, role in, a, in, in quite a... Um, it's a specialist in, in terms of technical work, but actually the volume that we've talked about today, actually uh, a reminder that actually all of our communities in West Mercy, it's uh, impinging... On, on lives uh, or most people's lives more than we perhaps think it is and I'm really grateful for you and your team for work not only doing it of course but talking about it today in the in the podcast um, if there are people at home who have been listening to uh, today's podcast and either uh, around some of the um, uh, those that might be victims to the behaviors that we that we've heard about there is help um, out there either if you put into your search engine West Mercia PCC or West Mercy Police, there are links on there as to how to get help if you think you might be a victim to some of the issues that we've talked about or, or, or might need uh, some, some more general help. Uh, and otherwise, as Tony's alluded to, there is a, a huge amount of preventative advice uh, out there. Um, West Mercy Police and West Mercy PCC are, are some uh, are some areas where uh, where you can get some advice, but there are loads of other um, uh, areas to where places like action fraud um, and other links that are on both of our websites that, um, that will be able to give people's advice um, if they wanted some other um, other preventions. But the key bit of advice I've heard at the end in terms of prevention was about if it doesn't feel right, then that five minute step back have a have a think and just a sense check might be absolutely the difference between mm-hmm. being a victim of fraud or indeed uh, harm online than than, uh, than than not being so really great bit of advice and thank you for joining us today oh, you're welcome and uh, and thank you uh, for listening <laughs>